Tom, do you know who you're podcasting with right now? Do you know who this man is? He's um, Damien. He is none other than the most listened to podcast. <laughs> is that a episode. good thing or a bad thing? Is that that a good we thing? have. And here I thought I was the most interesting one. The most interesting man in the world. I don't know his podcast, but when I do, I do two crazy scoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The man who needs no introduction, Damien Coates and Boston. And yet we give him an introduction. Damien Coates and Bosses. How's it going? How you feeling? It's going good. I got to check. I got to check who has what input real quick. Can you talk real quick? Uh, <laughs> Hey. Okay, okay. That's disgusting. That you, hey, got, you gotta clean that mic now. Oh, I covered. I got input one. Okay, Aaron's input two. Aaron's not with us right now because he is actually being an, a hospitable person and uh, making us a meal. Mm-hmm. Even though we told him we didn't need food, he went ahead and bought food anyway. Oh, okay, wait. I don't. I don't know who said because I, w- I was. I was told there was going to be food provided. That's the only reason I'm here. Me too. <laughs> so, Damien, welcome back. Thanks, uh, you know the people want to hear your voice speak through a microphone. What do you have to say to them? Uh, hello. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's like. been three years since you've been on the podcast. You're one of like our first uh, guests. Yep. Survived the pandemic. Uh, survived the COVID. That's good. A lot of stuff. So uh, how how have you how's how did the pandemic change you, Damien? What hobbies did you take up? Let's say that people they lost track of you three years ago, and now they met up with you again. What would you tell them? Where are they now? Where are they now, <laughs> Damien? Uh, um, you still same. play guitar? Not as much, but yeah, I've been playing instruments here and there. But I think just job like career changes. That's the only thing that's really happened. Everything else has been the same. And then we have in the other corner, Tom Laughlin, the least listened to episode. <laughs> Who's been here like four different times. <laughs> oh, he's like, if you add them together, it's, it's more yeah. if you add them together. Yeah, actually, I didn't think about that, but you have a good point. Yeah. Let's actually a, add it up. Oh, okay. Well, no, we got, I'm kidding. I'm going to add like, You don't kid with me, Tom. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I am going to do it. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know because I have to still make this interesting. Um, so let's see, Aaron. If you had, if you could ask him anything right now, what would you ask him? Would you like to try the one trick challenge? I would love to try that. You can, you have to do it at the end though because you might get sick. The one chip challenge. Do you know what the one chip challenge I is? I don't know ask? if it's because I'm Mexican or <laughs> because I like spicy food, but or it could be because I look Indian. <laughs> to be like that because I, I like spicy food too. Oh man, Aaron, I'm not sure if this is gonna work without you. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Aaron's the one that interjects a lot. Aaron's, Aaron's the one that interjects a lot. Tom, what do you know about HVAC? Um, all I know about HVAC is that I'm the only one small enough to fit in crawl spaces and attics. You again are quite the opposite of Damien, who is. A giant, a giant. Let's just giant summarize. Men. For the seen- people that don't know me or don't have never seen me in person, yeah, I'm a giant. You're six taller five. than Aaron. Mm-hmm. Six five. Six five, two sixty. All fat. <laughs> <laughs> All muscle. 
<laughs> yeah. That's that's what pandemic does to you, man. That's what pandemic does to you. Yeah, what Just was your snack of choice during pandemic? My snack of choice. See, I worked at Amazon Hut. Uh, oh, We yeah. don't get the credit. Um, But, yeah, I worked at Amazon for, what, like a year and a half? Uh-huh. And the majority of that was night shift. So yeah. the only thing out there was Jack in the Box and McDonald's. Yeah. So... And that's the only thing, two things that were open because they're only open 24 hours. And oh, I got it. We were night one. shift, so we had to do one all for time. You. Raising canes. They're open to like 2 a.m. Oh, really? Now they're open to 2 a.m.? I thought they, they were, were open back to then? like 1. Oh, that's all oh, probably because pandemic, they're probably to get some money. I don't know. Um, a lot of people hear a lot of terrible things about Amazon. What was your experience working for them? Amazon? I just think the biggest thing for me is like the monotony of it. Just like. Doing the same thing every single night, especially when I was working the 12-hour shifts, just doing the same thing in the same little area, same station, 12 hours. And it would get super, super hot inside there because, like, the station you were at had, like, a platform light with, like, a spotlight for the bins and everything that you had to pick stuff out of. It was it would get super, super hot. And then even it sucked in the winter because it'd be... 25, 30 degrees because it was nighttime out in the middle of the desert out there. And, and then you'd go inside and then you'd be sweating. Like you'd be, like there's be times like I would have like a flannel and a sweater outside and then I'd have to take off everything and pretty much just have my t-shirt on inside because it wouldn't get hot in there sometimes. Even with the fans and the head on there, but all that, like the machines running, all that stuff, it would get super hot inside there. What did the security look like getting into the building? Um, I don't know how the security is where you worked, but yeah, the security was like the turn styles. Yeah. So you'd have to scan your badge because like if you would ask for time off longer than like three, four days for us, it would be like a week and a half that we wouldn't work or almost two weeks. And the badges after like, I think five or six days of inactivity, they'd say Mm -hmm. like it would, it wouldn't work anymore. So then you have to go, you try like two, three times, and then you have to go to the security desk and be like, hey, like, I work here, but it makes it seem like I don't work here, but I work here. Can you fix my badge? So they'd have to rescan everything. Sometimes give you a new badge because you were on vacation. That's the one thing that was stupid. So the place that I worked, we had to watch the orientation video, and it was preparing you for an active shooter in the building. And they showed it as if you would be in a place that had those turnstile things so that people couldn't get in. But mm. the one I went to, you just scanned the door, it walked in, and it was just open air all the way through. So I was like, oh, man. And even the side door, it was open all the time, so anybody yeah. could get in there. Yeah, ours was that turnstile thing. Because we were the warehouse, because we had, like, all the products inside, literally. Like, I think each floor was about about the size of a football field or a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. And there was four floors. That's one thing that I didn't like. That was, I mean, it was good because I worked out and was walking a lot because they had these things called tote runners because mm-hmm. each floor has 16 machines that are taking the boxes to the packing area. So we'd pick the products out of like off of the robots because they had these robots that would pick them up in little bins and carry them from like the center of it. Because, like I said, it was a huge floor, and it was all caged off, and there was huge bins, probably like 11, 12 feet tall. Mm. And then pick it, take it to your station, and you'd grab whatever products it'd show on the screen, 
put them in these bins and then send them off. And um, there had to be guys that were tow runners, which would get the carts, like these huge carts, and fill them with stacks of those totes, like those bins, like yeah, the plastic bins. Bags. Um, so, and each one, I think it was 10 or 11 to a stack, and you can load anywhere from 10 to 12 stacks on there. Mm. So it would be five, 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. You have to be pushing down, like, the floor, down the hallway in the floor, on f- the floor. Um, <clears throat> sometimes if you were on the fourth floor, I think it was a second floor where they had the majority of the totes. So you'd have to be putting that cart into a service elevator, sending it down, run down the stairs, go grab it, go get some totes, come back, send it up, make sure you got there before it stopped. Because anytime you'd stop and people would see that it was filled mm-hmm. with carts, like they would literally open it, take it, put their empty ones in and take oh, off. Oh, man. So that's one thing that was, I mean, I lost some decent weight because like i was running i did that for probably like five six months every single night for three four nights a week 12 hours it was good because there was like but there was a group of us there were like seven or eight of us that we were the only ones that did it for like six months straight because nobody else could do it because they couldn't last after past three hours four hours yeah that's what i had noticed too um everybody that you i started with had quit by at least the first week yeah, yeah, because especially out there with the warehouse, because it's so, like I said, it's so demanding, and you have to be so, you got to keep up with the robots, pretty much, mm-hmm. and keep up that productivity, especially, because when I first started, they still had same day, oh. um, or like overnight stuff, and same day, so we would start around probably, well, we'd start at 6, 30 in the after, at night, in the evening, and we didn't get out till 7. So anybody that ordered any time that night, we had to get that out by, I think, 5.30, 6 o'clock is when they would send those trucks to where you used to work. Yeah. And then that's when you guys would, like, distribute all the boxes yeah. for the drivers that day. Oh, yeah, it was it I was s- crazy. I saw this meme, and it said, every time you click the same day delivered, you start a chain reaction of human suffering until that package arrives at you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, that's, that's how it was, because like I said, it was... It was a lot. You got to keep up with the robots pretty much. So we had to keep everything going. And the thing that was the worst was that there was literally an employee that was meant to, if that package was behind, because like I said, we had those bins and it would be five bins per station and you would try to fill it. Um, again, there was like, I think probably like 20, 30 gallon storage containers pretty much. That's what they were like. And we'd have to fill them at least halfway with products. And imagine, you know, people that buy like a uh, coloring book or like a book or something like that. Like it takes a lot of items to be able to fill it up. So we'd have to try to fill it up as much as we can. But sometimes that employee would be walking around like, hey, like, can you send that to packaging? Like we need to get it out like as of like two hours ago. So we'd have to, we'd rush them even more. Yeah, that's the, are you ready to eat, Aaron? I'm just letting y'all know. Oh, okay. Well, do you want to eat right now or come back or do you want to keep going? We can keep going. Okay. Because that's what... Actually, okay, Tom and Aaron are going to eat. I still have some questions. I got to pick your brain about this. So when you... What was I going to ask you? Yeah, we both work night shift. The mm-hmm. the interesting thing about doing distribution, though, is that you uh, you had different jobs you could work. 
about four different stations you could work at. So it was monotonous, but not as monotonous as doing the same thing every night. Yeah, and I think because, like, you know, some other other people that I know that work the distribution and, like, even you, like, there was more interaction. <laughs> There's more interaction between, like, human beings yeah. in general because, yeah. like, even though, yeah, you guys had different, like, working stations and everything, you guys still had people around you. Like I said, when you're at a station, there's a machine, you know, making noise during your whole shift right next to you. The closest person is on the other side of the machine, which is about eight feet away from you. But again, you're trying to, even if you try to talk to them, one, you can't really talk to them because you're trying to keep up with the rate that they have you at. And if you are fast enough or if there's breaks, because sometimes that would be really cool. Like if somebody drops something, then, you uh, then we'd have to wait because maybe one of the robots would run it over or they'd like stop the floor uh-huh. and we'd have to wait till whenever they picked them up. Um, so <clears throat> that was kind of a break and you'd be able to talk to the person on the other side of that station because it was it would be eight machines on each side of the floor and two person two people per station mm-hmm. um, and one person on each side of that station. So you could talk, try to talk to that person, but it was very difficult because of the noises that I was making. You're trying to keep up rate. And, like, besides peak season, which was, you know, holiday season, whatever, um, after that and even before that, we wouldn't be very busy. We'd make, you know, maybe have one person per station, so mm-hmm. eight people, you know, and you, the other stations are, thing like, 10, 15 feet space at minimum. So you didn't really have any interaction with people. And I think that's the biggest thing with people um, that work at the warehouses. Like, I mean, now you've kind of seen, like, people are putting, like, TikToks and stuff. And you'll see people, or at least I've seen people that, like, work at Amazon doing the same job that I used to do. And they're kind of recording stuff here and there. Um, Like, just trying to entertain themselves or, like, making videos or whatever. But when I first started, it was super, super strict. Like, you couldn't have headphones in. You couldn't have... Couldn't the have phone. Oh, we couldn't have headphones either, though. That was more for safety reasons, I guess. Well, and I, and I understand that. Like, even now, technically, I probably shouldn't have, you know, both headphones in, you know, at least one of them out. But, yeah, when we when I first started, it was really crazy. Like, they even had lockers um, that uh, would put our phones in. we put all that stuff. Because, yeah, like, they, they would give you your to. own locker. Um, and I, when I first started, they'd give you a locker and you could put all your things inside there and you had to put your phone and all that stuff. And then they gave, they would give you an, an, a number to give to your family, like as an emergency number, if they needed to contact you. So they, since again, they track everything, like they know what station you're at, like when you're working, like if you go and use the restroom and you last more than I think like five minutes, it like starts a timer. And you had only, I think, like an hour the whole night for breaks oh, or any man. of that stuff. So, like, let's say, you know, I remember one time there was one guy that, you know, I think had gone to Jack in the Box or something. And whatever he ate really messed his stomach up. So he was going and then they pulled him aside later, like right before the shift ended. And they're like, why did you go over, you know, this time? He's like. Like, if you want to know the truth, he's like, I was in the restroom the majority of the time. He's like, yeah. because, you know, my stomach is messed up. But they can track all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, even people that you can pro- have probably seen or heard, like, on the Internet, that people are like, oh, you know, you can't. Amazon even tracks you when you use a bathroom and all that stuff. And it's kind of, to a certain extent, it's true. Because, like I said, once 
the computer marks like I think like three or five minutes of inactivity, like you're not scanning anything, not doing anything. It starts um, like timing you. Mm. It won't record anything. I mean, because there's there is cameras right there just watching, you know, that watches the station just in case. But um, yeah, that's one thing that was difficult. Like you couldn't really have well, you didn't have your phone, and then you didn't even have very much time. Like I said. To go to the restroom and stuff like that. So you kind of had to be quick. Which, I mean, I understand some jobs, especially that one. Like, they're trying to get out everything. That's why they had that reputation of, like, same day, next day. Because they kind of put those circumstances there. But, yeah, it was difficult doing that. Because you had to kind of figure out, like, time things. And even wait until your break sometimes to, you know, get water or to use a restroom or something like that. So that was the only thing that was kind of difficult. Yeah. Well, having that level of scrutiny on you, though, how do you think that affects a person? Mm, I think it is crazy. Like, it would have a huge effect on somebody, and that's why I think why so many people never last. It's such a, you know, huge turnaround Uh um, for Amazon in general because so many people that are going, like... Like I said, too, like you have to deal with that, you know, kind of being rushed like, hey, you need to be on top of this. You need to keep rate. You need to get out this many products, you know, in an hour. You need to do this. You need to do that on top of not having any human interaction except for the 10, 15 minutes you have for break. Uh-huh. And even then, like the majority of the time, especially like for myself that I did that tote running. If you were behind, you would go to lunch late. And come back early because you wanted to catch up because, you know, people, especially people that would try to keep up with the rate that they told us of products you had to get out in a certain hour, they would be pushing out these bins really fast. And each machine could only hold four stacks of 10 or 11, whatever it was, you know, and they can go through that in five minutes. And, you know, if there's eight machines with four, you know, stacks each. And that's about like 32 and you only have a cart that has 10, <laughs> you know, you're already behind. Yeah. Naturally. You're, it, it, it's built so that you're, on, you're already behind so that your production is already something that you're stressed about. So you're going to push it. Yeah. So, you know, for that in terms of um, like leaving late and then coming early back from your break. So you didn't even have very much time, especially cause like I worked the 12 hours. Mm-hmm. We had three breaks. The first one was a half an hour. And the next two, I think, were 15 minutes. So it'll give you that full hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think that was – the first one was from 10 to 10.30. But, like I said, if you were doing that, sometimes I wouldn't leave till like, 10, 10. Go eat something real quick and be back by, you know, 10.25, 10.20 sometimes. Only have 10 minutes to eat real quick or, you know, do something. And it was even more tiring because, like, you know, as a person, and a lot of people know that, you know, when you rest – and for five, ten minutes, but it's, it's you're in a rush. It's yeah. kind of hard to, you know, actually get, get that rest. You feel more tired because you're bar- your body's barely starting to, you know, die down and relax. And then you got to go back, jump back up and do that. Or even the people that were on the stations, like I said, you had to. When I first started, it was, I think, 400 to 425 products an hour. That put yeah. 100. That was... That, yeah, it would about a hundred items every fifteen minutes, and 
some of that sometimes it was easy because you'd have little stuff um but sometimes there'd be like cases of water mm-hmm. or cases of soda you know and you sometimes have to pull exploded it out of, too. you know did you ever have a break on you yeah there had been times where like there'd be a spill and like we're supposed to report it <laughs> you, you don't want to stop your time sometimes they have like, to come and soak it up right yeah yeah but sometimes more because i knew some of the guys that did all the problem solving and stuff like that i would have to be like hey like take it out write down the or like text them the pod number for what it was and then they would like go back later and clean it or try to pull it off of the floor and clean it you know sometime that night yeah but then but i would take out whatever was left from the product like like you said like if it was water or soda that was the biggest thing like sodas or like laundry detergents would break. Yeah. So you just get as whatever you could and put it in one of those bins and just put it off to the side. You hope it wasn't a toxic chemical. And that's the <laughs> thing. Like they <laughs> like there's so many chemicals that you would deal with. Even like some laundry detergents and everything are very dangerous or even cleaners. And it'd spill and they'd be like, Oh, we have gloves. Like, okay, but these aren't like literally these gloves soak up yeah. whatever liquid, you know. You know, like yeah. those gloves that they used to give us, they weren't soak up anything. They weren't very like gardening gloves because those are thicker. These are like, and they weren't even thick. They were just thin gloves that would keep it from your hands peeling if, because you're yeah. handling so much, uh, you know, dry uh, material. Yeah, it was more for it was cut resistant. That's what those gloves were. It wasn't for like, you know, liquids and stuff like that yeah. because it's a completely different glove that you need because, like you said, like it's it's soaked through and you'd still be able to feel the worst like you have to deal with that then until your break you had to work with gloves that were wet and sticky Mm -hmm. if you did laundry detergent or something like that because you didn't want to take the time away from if you had to use a restroom or something like that because like i said you had about an hour that they give you each night that would be timed on the on the computer and you didn't want to waste that time just going to get gloves because that was another thing too there was only one floor or two floors that had those glove machines. Mm-hmm. So they had to go all this back corner. So you'd have to come all the way back to where the stairs were, go down, wait. And sometimes there was a line of people waiting to get gloves because, like, they had gloves and a bunch of different um, things in those vending machines. Get gloves or whatever else you needed, go all the way back up, go back to your station. That's It was such a big waste of time, so it kind of sucked. Yeah. The reason why people would quit too is because when you give someone an impossible task and ask them to kind of piece it out and get it done, it's kind of a little frustrating. So what was your process of trying to figure out? You knew that you were going to fail, but what was your process of just hammering through it? No, and that's, I think it was just figuring out kind of what, how you can complete the task is, you know, as close as possible to what they wanted because some nights it was possible, but other nights, you know, like I said, if people were dropped, especially when, like, we knew what nights there would be new, you know, employees because they'd be like, oh, you know, there's all this stuff on the floor. But because they wouldn't put it in, because there was people that were putting the products into those bins, and then obviously, which is what I did for a little bit, and then there were, on the other end, there was people that were picking those items to send them to packing. So... Those people, sometimes if they didn't put it in the right way or fully push in like cases of water or anything, since those, you know, robots literally just pick it up and they go 10, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour just going when they pick up speed, stuff would just like fall out completely or when they'd be turning, stuff would just fly out and you just see like a case of soda and just like splat on the floor and then they'd have to shut down the floor, clean everything, 
turn everything that and that's one thing that you know slow down productivity too for us you know for us that we're trying to keep up you know whatever rate that they told us for the night you know even if we're close that would completely knock us out the water and then we'd have to we pretty much wouldn't do anything else the rest of the night we'd just kind of take our time because we're like we're never gonna make it yeah I wasted an hour and a half, you know. But even that, you've done like what you would think is not making it is actually a huge number in production. Even failing is a lot of packages getting through. No, and that's that's one thing that I didn't realize because again, like I've always been a person that's like super, like a better work ethic. I've always had a better work ethic and really fast whenever I've done anything. Um, so. You know, I would be like, oh, well, I'm really behind. And then I'd look at the boards and then people would have like half of the amount yeah. that I had. Uh-huh. Or, you know, there was even one person that, you know, she was, I didn't know how she stayed past a month, but she had been there for a few months. She had all these like, you know, write-ups because of all this stuff she was doing. And I was like, how were you still here? And people that I know were working better than you, faster than you, doing all this stuff, you know, they either quit or got fired, you know. They burn them out. And which, you know, I later on after, like I said, after those six months of me doing that, uh-huh. running around, running up and down the stairs and everything, I was I felt the same way. I was like, either something changes or I go, you know, and move to a different department or do something else, which I did. And I got to the point where I had I, I in that year and a half or a little bit more, I literally did everything in that warehouse from uh-huh. packing to picking to stowing everything. Like, that's one thing that that's why I say, you know. It was very monotonous because once I'd get, you know, you do the same thing every single night. And once I would get bored of it or it was too easy for me, I'd move somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then it would last a week or two and then it'd get too easy and I'd move somewhere else. And um, because I was making decent money, I was like, you know, it's pretty easy. Well, that's how they get you. (laughs) But then, yeah, that's when I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't think. Well, I, I mean, good thing is I was going to school for, you know nursing at that time so um i had a plan in mind and i was going to do something different in the future so i think that's probably more of why i don't have as much resentment towards working there because i knew eventually i was going to leave either way i wasn't going to stay there but i do see how some people like that didn't have anything else that was kind of the only job they had because of the pandemic kind of forced them into that situation because stuff was closing you know i can see how they had more resentment towards it because like you know if that's the only thing you have for the kind of for at least a year next year or two or something more you know i'd kind of resent it too they'll take anybody too you see all kinds of people go through that door that's the bad thing <laughs> they kind of take <laughs> anybody sometimes and you see know. people freaking out on each other it's crazy and i'm like uh I, are you sure you, you're able to work here and like they told us about security and how did they let you in? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, which I understand, you know, never ju- judge a book by its cover. I get that too. But there are some people after they talk to me and tell me some stuff, I'd be like, Oh, um, don't never, me. <laughs> never leave my backpack or anything <laughs> valuable around you, please. Yeah. I used to work with a guy and he was like, Oh, I stole a whole Turkey from Walmart for Thanksgiving. I'm like, Oh dude, don't take my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that's the thing that's worse too. I'm like, if you steal something like decent, I mean, I kind of, I get a turkey, I guess. Like if you're, you know, financially, you know, struggling, you want people, and you to want steal some turkeys. food. I'm not saying people should steal turkeys. You know, if anything, stealing ham, that's a little bit more valuable. 
It's a little bit more expensive. The other day we went and we got a ham and I was like, oh my <laughs> I wish goodness. I had stolen I was this. Like, I was like, man, I need to get, I'm in the wrong business, man. I need to, I need to get, business. I need to get one of those like 1970s, 1980s vans with just like, you know, that's all purple and has me riding a freaking unicorn <laughs> with a rainbow in the back or something like that, you know, kind of have well, that and then sell some speakers at the back of that van or some ham. I'll sell ham and turkeys. Nice. That's what I'll do. So this has been about half an hour. We're going to take a break and cut into another segment. But before we do, somehow we've procured, procured ourselves an audience. Does anybody have any questions for Damien about the Amazon business? Tom? <laughs> question. Question. Tom's always got questions. He's a very uh, inquisitive I, fellow. I feel like I'm at a basketball press conference. Just like, okay, you. Uh, the game is great. Um, I'm sorry about my performance, but uh, next you year. know, we try to do the best we could. You know what I'm saying? That's all we could do. We could just try. Huh? Wait, wait, what? You got to speak into the mic. Did you ever get written up while you were there? Did you ever get written up while you were there? Did I ever get written up when I was there? Um, you know, I'm just here because I don't want to get. I don't want to get sued. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not because again, like I said, I was I was a decent worker, and. Plus, you're supposed to know all the people, all the management. You're supposed to be good with management before you mess up. So that when you mess up, they're like, eh, you'll let it slide. It's easy to get good with them, too, because they deal with so many people that are. And it's funny, too, because, like, when when you start working at Amazon, they kind of just throw you in. They don't give you too much training. Oh, dude, um, can I can I play something for you? Yeah. I always feel like my life is a movie. <laughs> and I did the training, right? Yeah. And as I, they would blast music over there. Yeah. They listened to the same playlist over and over. Did they do that with you? We didn't even have a playlist. There wasn't any speakers in, like I said, because of those machines and because they wanted productivity and they didn't want anybody distracted. Same reason we didn't have phones. They didn't have any music really playing in the background unless you were close to where the, um, like management station was. They had like a small speaker, like a Bluetooth speaker that they would bring in mm -hmm. and they would play music because, you know, they had brought that speaker in, but we couldn't have anything else on there. Yeah, I called you the first day that I was working there, I think. But as yeah. I walked through the doors, this is the song they were blasting just from the intro of it. I'm walking into Amazon. And everybody in Amazon just slowly riz. Was rising. Then just smoke and purple lights everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> my goodness. So that was my introduction to Amazon. It felt like a movie. That would be the... Prince Prince was there? Prince was, Prince was there? Dude, they had him stolen boxes. I don't know how. I think he's been dead for 10 years. They somehow reanimated him in robot form. You know how they say, oh, it's a box supposedly somewhere in... The Dominican Republic, yeah, Puerto Rico, Prince or something like that. Prince is somewhere boxes. alive in Amazon here in Tucson, Arizona. Please call 1-800-SAVE-PRINCE. Save Prince from Amazon. Yeah, because we don't he's care about the there. working conditions. We just want Prince to be released. We just want Prince back. That's all we need, all right? That's all we need. Prince We just need a little bit more purple rain. A little bit more. He's like, no, I don't do that anymore. I make these packages rain now. <laughs> yeah, so if you ever get a purple box You know from Amazon that says, Here in me. Tucson, Arizona Help me just written know, in purple <laughs> Written in purple, Sharpie <laughs> Just know, please call 1-800-SAVE-PRINCE 
We're signing petitions. This one goes out to you, Prince. Moment of silence for Amazon, for Amazon Prince. <laughs> for Amazon Prince. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's interesting. That yeah, I remember we, I had. I don't know if I called you or you called me. I don't know, but I was like, I just got free coffee from Amazon. This is amazing. And then, lo and behold, uh, you pay for the coffee somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no is. such thing as free coffee. There's no such thing as, yeah, it's, you know, um, indentured servitude or, um, you know, as okay, they say. Okay. So if Amazon could just rip your consciousness from your body and make you work 24-7, do you think they'd do that? Do you think I'd? Um, and do you think people would sell themselves for it? <laughs> I think, I think any company would do that to a certain extent. So if you that's up, why they if you open up a business, you'd be up for that. That's the reason that I wouldn't start a business because like that's a bad thing that a lot of people don't realize. Like a lot of you know people that start businesses and everything, you know, you gotta I understand ask someone to do your job, but for cheaper. Kind of. Hey, kind uh, of. So you're gonna do what I'm supposed to do. I'm gonna sit in the corner over here, and you're gonna get paid. I'm gonna $12 make millions. <laughs> I'm gonna make millions. I'm going to go to space, but you're going to get $13 an hour. Does that yeah. sound good? Yeah. And then all of us dummies in the back are like, I'll, I'll do it for uh, 11 Yeah. Everyone's applauding in the back. I'll do it for 11 I'll do it for 11 Someone in the background is like, Just know, give me free I'll, I'll shoes do it, and I'll free do it for a, I'll do it for a sandwich. Like, that's the bad thing. There's always going to be somebody that'll do it for cheaper. But, yeah, I feel like any, any company or business will look for that. That's why they love using robots and all this technology because, you know, it's nonstop. It doesn't need to take a break. It doesn't need to use restroom. It doesn't need to eat anything, you know, as long as it's plugged in. Oh, you got a question here. Uh, Give him the mic. So what's, like, the firing hiring standards? Are, are, do they, are they pretty flexible with people missing and, uh, or do they fire them right away? I know they need workers. I think, well, as time. As I don't think there is a firing hiring because so many people just leave. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the best way to put it because like there's so many people going in and out of those doors, applying and doing all this stuff. Because again, well, there is some people that are you know, um, that have been you know fired. Obviously, you know the same thing at any company. If you're stealing product, or you know if you're low on productivity. Or like you said, like kind of attendance to a certain extent does, you know, will affect it. Um, I think this maybe what, like two days or three days of like not no call, no show or not, not showing up. Oh, like yeah. you automatically fired, which I understand that, too, which was really difficult with the pandemic because, you know. Well, after, after the few months, because like at the beginning of the pandemic, people were lying, saying, you know, they got COVID three, four five times when they had never gotten it even once. Because they were paying 10 days free, you know, and or even before that, they were, you know, using they were giving people unpaid time, like unlimited unpaid time. So they could people could leave for like a week or two, use unpaid time and then come back. And I think that's one thing that it made it difficult for the rest of us, you know, later on. So if we got sick or one person that did get covid like that covid and it took them probably I think like two months so they can, because they had to prove pretty much that they had COVID, and that was a difficult thing. That I was like, yeah, this is this is crazy that that they have to do that. But I think the only thing is that, like like Antonio said, is that there's so much turnaround that I don't even really think they have too much like 
QC or as far as that. I think it's just like the major stuff. Like if people don't show up, obviously you're fired. Or if they're stealing anything. But besides that, uh, like I said, there was some pretty questionable people that were working there. So either way, it was. But what did the hiring process look like for you? Hiring process? It was, which I'm pretty sure it was pretty similar to whatever hiring pro- the hiring process you went through. But it was just like you apply for the job. They don't really tell you, offer, like, what position you're going to want. It's just kind of, like, what warehouse you'd kind of be willing to work at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... There's only know, two places have, here, so... Well, they're actually, they're open. They opened one up on Ina and I think somewhere else. I think there's, like, four now that have... Um, or I don't know if that one's open yet, but they're. I think they're starting to hire people for the one that's on Ina and I think there's another one. But, yeah, it was, you know, you fill in fill out the application and you put in your resume and then they had um, that questionnaire of kind of like, you know, if this would happen, you know, how would you react? You know, or, you know, if this manager asked this, how would this kind of the same kind of vague general questionnaire that they kind of give at the majority of, you know, kind of um, any job interviews and stuff like that. Cause they didn't, there was no job interview. You know, once you pass a background check, um, Oh. Like you probably kind of just got it. There was no interview for us. Yeah, you don't sit down. And I didn't even add a resume to mine. I just applied for it. And then I just, we went down to the one on, the, uh, like near, near the freeway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just walk in and the guy's like, okay, and I make sure your information's right. They take your picture and then they're like, we'll give you a badge and you start whatever day. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty easy. Um, Obviously, I don't know. Maybe they've changed the standards for that. But I think that's kind of the whole reason why it was anybody can really apply because they don't really interview they don't really i mean obviously have the background check um but they don't really have an interviewing process and even like i said they don't really prepare you at all like they the night you start you watch a few videos on whatever job that they say you're gonna have or even that like even that for that we didn't have those safety videos it was literally just you know this is what you're gonna be doing this is kind of how you do it then you know they send you out and you know, the first night you're doing it, obviously you're doing it pretty slowly. And then the trainers walk around and they're like, Oh, well, you know, you're, you know, you have a consistent rate, but let's try to move it up. And they're trying to push you already to get to that, you know, because I remember when I first started, I was doing, I thought I was doing decently. And I was like, Oh, like how much do you do? Cause they're like, we do it, you know, based off of our, how much you can do it an hour. And I asked him, I was like, you know, how am I doing? And you know, where do you guys usually end up? And then he told me and I was like, dang, I was like, that's like, that's crazy. I'm like, you literally, it's the same thing of like when they talk about baseball, you know, somebody was batting yeah. at baseball, you know, you have only like a certain amount of time, like half a second to even, you know, kind of see the direction of the ball when you're about to bat, you know, not saying it's that little bit, but it's kind of, I think it's probably like two, three seconds that you have to be able to kind of look at the screen, look at where the product is, find it in the bin, and then start reaching for it to be able to grab stuff. Because um, they also time how many seconds from when the product pops up on the screen to when you touch the button saying like you put it in the plastic bin. I think when I was there, I think it was like seven, eight seconds that you had per product. Like I said, for some stuff, it's easy. But if you have a case of water on the bottom shelf, you know, when you look at it, you have to, you know, kneel down or squat down, move it. Sometimes there's stuff in the way, 
take everything out, pull it, put everything back in, put it in the bin, all within seven, eight seconds. And, you know, it's very, very difficult. That's I think that's the biggest thing to why people are, weren't complaining that like, oh, you know, it's so much hard work, but because they timed you on everything. Like yeah. I said, when you went to the restroom, when you did everything, everything was timed and they could track literally everything. So I think that's the difficult part about that. Well, oh, Tom is giving us a thumbs down for Amazon. Thumbs is there a reason Amazon. why you have a Jeff Bezos tattoo on your back? <laughs> why do you have Jeff Bezos glasses? <laughs> Oh, that's good. Oh, you want me to say that again? No, he, Tom was saying that he was hired by Amazon, but he got a better job. So, Well, that leads us into our next segment. Thank you for all the information that you shared with us. Oh, the long the 40 minutes. Uh, information, sorry for... On uh, on Amazon. I hope that's not the majority of the podcast, because then it'll be like... <clears throat> oh, no, no. I got a good segment after this. Let's just cut out Amazon prints. <laughs> no. Done!